Just bow your head for a moment. And, and pay attention to what I'm saying. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, 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 God. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I just can't. Oh, God, I don't know if I can't. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, 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 God. That is not praying. <clears throat> that is not praying. It took me a long time. It took me a long time in my walk with God because I was imitating other people when I first got born again in prayer. And I imitated other people's prayers or their, you know, the way they, the, the, the way they were going through the motions of what they called prayer. And um, a lot of it was not producing results. And there was a lot of showing up and going through the motions of things that we called prayer but nobody ever taught me about prayer. No, nobody ever went to the Word and talked about and taught about prayer and what the Bible says about prayer. So there are a lot of different ideas about what prayer is. And <clears throat> how many would say tonight that when you think about prayer, you think about, don't raise your hand or whatever, but just, just think about this. When you think about prayer, you think about something that is kind of a drudgery. When you think about prayer, that it's something that is hard and long and boring. Um, and if, if you've ever thought that, if you know how to pray, you probably don't think that. If you understand what the Word says regarding prayer then you probably don't think that. I don't think that. I, I, I've, I've learned that the will of God is for me to pray without ceasing. That's the will of God for my life, according to the Word. So if God tells every one of us that it's His will that we pray without ceasing, can we do it? Yeah. But does that seem like a really heavy, long, drawn-out thing that there's no way we can accomplish it. Good. Somebody doesn't think that. <clears throat> but but it, could, it could appear that way to people that don't understand. It's God's will that you pray without ceasing. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter uh, 5. And verse 16, it says, rejoice always, that's verse 16, verse 17 is pray without ceasing, 
And verse 18 is, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Everybody say, that's God's will for me. It is God's will for you. And to the natural mind, you might say, well, for me to pray without ceasing means for me to be praying 24-7. Yes, it absolutely does. But first, as we talked about last week, in our series that we're going to be on for a while, is equipping you, our series is to equip you to understand what prayer is and then be a part of it. Because it's so effective when we understand it. Last week we talked about just in a general form and we're going to define, we're going to talk about several kinds of prayer for a while in every one of these teachings. And last week, just with a simple definition, we talked about prayer being communication or connection with God. There being a, 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 a connection in our relationship with God. If Dale and I are going to connect, then we're going to do what? We're going to talk, right? We're going to communicate. We're going to get things over to each other. Well, God has spoke his word to us, and if you spend any time in the word at all, then what you're doing is connecting with the way God thinks. Because nowhere else in the world on this planet will you find a connection with God like you will in here. You can read books and read people that have written books about the Bible, but there's something about learning to read the Bible and being connected to God through the Bible which is his word. In other words, it's his words. If he, if he was talking to you, standing in front of you right now, and God was talking to you, he would say these kinds of things. Because this is his word, and he, it never changes. And it doesn't matter if it's the year 2016 or if it's you know, the year 1750. It doesn't matter. His word never changes. And if his word never changes then we can be connected to him today in ways that people couldn't be connected to him before because of the revelation that is continuing to grow and increase in our lives. We're seeing things today that people 200 years ago didn't see. They walked in the light that they had, but they didn't have the light that we have. I mean, I'm telling you folks, we got some light. And to whom much is given, much is expected and required of. There's a requirement in our lives to do with what we understand. So tonight, we're going to, in, in, our, in our first message on really understanding prayer and what it is, we're going to talk about several different types of prayer and how that you can't call one form of prayer one thing when it's something else. And we're just going to we're just going to let the Bible answer all this for us. Amen. <clears throat> so in in James 5 and we read this we read a piece of this last time, 
But I, I want to read three or four verses right here in James 5 <clears throat> and verse 13. It says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let the whole church pray. Not 15 people? If someone's suffering, let the guy that's suffering pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises or psalms. I come to Dale. I'm picking on Dale tonight. <clears throat> I come to Dale. Dale, I'm cheerful. Sing for me. Right. But why would I have Dale sing for me if I'm cheerful? If you're cheerful, sing. Right? If you're suffering, what? Pray. Well, but you know, I need everybody to pray for me. Not necessarily. I mean, are we supposed to pray for one another? Absolutely. The Bible tells us to pray for one another. But I'm talking about a form of prayer and an attitude in our lives of connection with God so that we can get answers to our suffering. Does God like you to stay in suffering? Absolutely not. Will we suffer in life? Yeah, we go through things, right? We go through stuff in life. But it's not God's desire for us to stay in things, but if we're connected to Him, does He have the answers? Yeah. Prayer is connection with God. My responsibility is to stay connected to God. So that when I'm connected to Him and I'm communicating with Him, I'm in His Word and His Word is in me, and I'm praying in the Spirit and I'm praying with understanding, and, and, and something arises in my life, and instead of reverting to emotionalism or freaking out, or yelling and screaming, or going to try to find ten people to help me get out of the situation that I'm in, he says, pray. So, tonight, what we're going to define before I'm done in the next about 27 minutes. Tammy's smiling at me. He better be. In the next 27 minutes, I'm going to define what it means to pray. So if he says here, can you put that back up for me? If he says here that if we're, if, if we're suffering, we're going through something, pray. Then why are not more people convinced that when they're going through something, if they pray, they'll get results? Because maybe we're not totally understanding what real prayer is. So he said to pray. So we're going to define that at the end of this, these next few minutes. Okay? So look at a few other verses. There's, there's a lot we can read, and we'll get into that James 5 and the rest of that um, over the next few weeks. Um, 
So, actually, stay in James 5 and go down to verse 15. It says, because I, I, I don't want to get into verse 14, because verse 14 is something that's actually totally different. But verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith, for the ones that were, verse 14 that we didn't read, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. What prayer? The prayer of faith. To understand the prayer of faith, you have to understand how to pray. To understand the prayer of faith, you have to understand what prayer is and how to do it. For a person to pray the prayer of faith, they have to be able to stay and be connected to God when they go through difficult times. When things are difficult in their life, they have to learn how to be connected to God. You and I have to learn how to be connected and be confident that what God's promised in His Word doesn't just work for everybody else, but it'll work for me. I've got to be confident in my connection with God that when He speaks something to me, I can hear Him, and then I can receive that, and, and it will actually work for me, not just for other people. Not just hearing that, it's, that something good has happened in someone else's life. Not just hearing that some financial breakthrough happened for someone else. Or a healing or a manifestation happened for somebody else, but that it'll happen for me. And the only way that'll happen, if we're really praying, is through our connection with God. Because God's said to us in a number of different scriptures, and I'll just kind of paraphrase, but, but in a number of different scriptures, God said... If we will pray His Word, then we can have the things that we pray. Now, this prayer of faith is, is found in a number of places, but I want you to look at Mark 11 and verse 23. Verse 22 says, Have faith in God or have the God kind of faith have faith have the faith of God for assuredly I say to you whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things that he says will be done he'll have every he'll have whatever he says therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray whatever things that you ask for when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. The things that you and I ask for in faith, the prayer of faith in operation, this, the definition of the prayer of faith is believing that what you're asking for is yours. Why? Because you're connected to God. When I know that it's mine because of my relationship and my connection and my intimacy with God, when I know it's mine, then I can pray it with the expectation that it will show up because God said it would. But you and I have to become convinced in our lives that we know what His will is and that we know it belongs to us. Is, does healing belong to me? Does healing belong to you? 
I believe many of you do this on a daily basis, but every day I declare my healing that Jesus paid for for me every day. I speak it over my wife. I speak it over my children. I speak it over this body. I speak it over a number of different people. But every day I declare that by his stripes I am healed now. Not when I feel like it. Not, you know, in, in, in the sweet by and by or whatever. But I'm healed now. Right? So every day in that confession, that's not a prayer of faith. That's a... That's a connection that I have with God through confession. That's why confession is so important. So in other words, I'm reminding myself every day of what God said in His Word is true. It's a form of prayer, but it's not the prayer of faith. I'm not directing those confessions at a specific situation. There was time in my life when I just kind of grouped it all together. Prayer of faith, prayer of consecration, confessional prayers, this prayer, that prayer, you know, about a dozen types of different prayers that the Bible talks about that we're going to address through the weeks. I just used to throw all those together and, and, and they were just, you know, it's just whatever came out at a certain time. Like when I was walking around at the beginning of the service and just using the word Jesus and God, I, I was taught in, in, in early times that, you know, the best form of prayer is just to mention the name of Jesus. Well, to mention the name of Jesus isn't a bad thing, okay? But if, 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 I was, if I came into Josh's presence and all I did was say, Josh, 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 after a while, Josh is going to go, what? What? Yeah. Right? After a while, he's going to go, what? What do you want? What do you, what, why, are you go, why are you saying this over and over and over and over again? And I, and I feel like that God feels that way about, about so many of us because we go through the motions of this, but there's no connection with him. See? And, and you can compare it to relationship, husband-wife relationship, or relationships you might have with siblings or parents or different, one, different people. If there's no communication going on, there's no connection. And if there's no connection, there's no relationship and nothing can be produced. The reason there's so many divorces in America is because there's no relationship. And, and in, in most of the relationships, there's no communication because communication isn't taught. They're not taught that that's part of a relationship. You don't just get married, come together, and, you know, I told you I loved you when we got married, and 20 years later, you know, you haven't said it again. Well, she knows it. You know, he knows it. No, there's no communication. It's got to be a daily thing, you know. And it's not just, it's not enough to just say that you love someone. In the same way, it's not enough to just have a prayer relationship with God through confessions. By stripes I'm healed. But then I've got to, there's got to be other forms of connection with God. There, there's asking and talking. And then there's times when God is saying, I'm telling you that's yours. Now take it. Amen. It's yours. So when I declare that I'm healed or this thing or, or whatever it is that I'm believing for, I'm standing for, he said, I want you to take it. I don't want you to pray about it anymore. It's yours, and I want you to receive it. And that's where the prayer of faith is in operation. He said in verse 24, 
Therefore, I say to you, what, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them. Well, there's, there's been a lot to go into a person that says things like this. I, I used to have people just get furious with me about, about faith confessions. Well, you know, you're, you're just confessing that you have this, you know, you're confessing you have a Cadillac. I used to hear people say that to me all the time. Well, you're confessing you're going to get a Cadillac. I don't even like Cadillacs, you know. But you're confessing that you're going to get a Cadillac, so you're confessing it, and God's just going to give you a car. That's the most ridiculous thing. And I, you know what? I've never actually even heard someone stupid enough to preach something like that. I've heard a lot of people criticize people that they preach things like that. But I've never heard anybody that dumb to, to preach it in that form. I, I never have. But, but faith and confession go together, but they're actually separate. Faith is built through the confession of the word because you are... You are telling yourself what God's Word says, and, and the more you do that, the closer you get to God in a form of a relationship. But confession is not enough. There's got to be times of, of consecration where you come before God. In the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and actually I won't even turn to the verse, but I mean it's in, in three of the Gospels. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying to the Father. And his prayer was a prayer of consecration because his will and his desire was something different than the Father's. And he was in a place of consecrating himself to what the will of the Father was. He said, Lord, if there be any other way, let this thing pass from me. Let, this thi let me not have to go through this thing that I'm fixing to go through. If there be any other way, but I don't want my will to be done, I want your will. He was praying. He had left his disciples and he had gone a distance in the garden. And he had gone to under a tree and, and he knelt down before God. And in that prayer, in that connection with the Father that he already had because he knew the Father... He, he asked him, he declared something to him, he asked him if there be any other way, but not my will, but his be done. And when he said that, he knew the answer. Because he knew, to that point, he knew what the will of the Father was for his life. He knew why he was created and why he was sent to planet earth. He was born to die. And he knew it. You say, well, you know, he probably knew it when he was born. No. Well, he probably knew it when he was a teenager. I don't think so. Hey, well, he probably knew it when he was like 20 years old. Maybe he was starting to get it because he had been meditating on the Word. And he was realizing, you know, an angel from heaven didn't come down and say, hey, you're the Son of God. He had to grow into that because he had to be the perfect example for you and I. We have to grow into this thing as sons and daughters of God. We've got to grow into this relationship with God so that it's something that's real. It's not, we're not playing a game. This, this, this life of prayer is through absolute connection only. You, you cannot go through the motions of praying and yelling and screaming and sweating and you know calling on the name of God where, where, where nothing has happened, where there's no connection anymore than you could develop a relationship with a human being doing the same thing. How much more do we need real words? <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need real vision, and, and the vision comes out of this book. 
And, and when I get that vision in my heart, then my connection with God is 24-7. That's how you pray without ceasing. You stay connected to God 24-7. You practice this life of prayer 24-7. Every opportunity that you get, you practice it. And we're going to talk about that. Practicing doesn't seem like a spiritual word. You know, to be spiritual, we ought to just pray in tongues and everything just fall into place. But it doesn't work that way. You have to practice the presence of God. You have to practice prayer and practice the Word and practice understanding how to pray. I said before I end tonight, we're going to talk about and define what it means to pray. Right? To pray. He said, if you're suffering, pray. Who? You. See, and listen to me. You you ever been in a situation where you went through something? And let's say you, you, you got a phone call and something bad happened. And you hit stop on your phone. And then you go to your call list and you start calling people to tell them all about it. They don't answer. 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 I called seven people and nobody answered. And there's God. And God's there for you. And he said, you pray. See, if we don't know what prayer is, see, then we'll go, oh, God. That's not prayer. Now, you, you may be in prayer and you may cry and you may do all kinds of things, but crying is not prayer. Connection is prayer. Talking to God is prayer. Confession is prayer. Hearing Him is prayer. There's there's a connection. There's a one-on-one going on with us. That's why I said, if you're suffering, I don't care how old you are in the Lord, learn to develop you going to God and praying and watch what happens. That's what He's saying. Or that's what I believe He's saying. Okay, so <clears throat> so, so I'm going I'm, I'm to do two things in the next 10 minutes. I'm going I'm to pull this together, and, and I want you to follow me in this. Um. John 16, and then we're going to look at Matthew 5. John 16. And verse... um, Actually, I'm just going to jump to verse 25. John 16 and 25. <clears throat> no, wait, wait, wait. Go back to verse 23. <clears throat> Thought I could jump ahead. <laughs> I'm wasting time. Verse 23. And in that day, what day? This day. Right here. This dispensation of time, in this day, 
he said. In, he said in that day, because he's talking to them about he's leaving, and he's leaving the Holy Ghost to live inside of them, and he said in this day, watch this, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it to you. He will give it to you. Yes, Father will. Thank you. <clears throat> he will give it to you. Here's the thing. When we pray in this day, we're to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. We're not called, and, and, and again, I'm, this is, I'm going to say this, just addressing it, and then we'll get into it in the weeks ahead. But we do not pray to Jesus. And we do not pray to the Holy Spirit. We talk to Jesus. We talk to the Holy Ghost. But we do not pray to Jesus and we do not pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. That's where real connection is. The way we pray... And I'm defining part of what I was going to say about prayer. When you're suffering, you go to daddy in the name of Jesus. You go to daddy in the name of your brother, Jesus, in one sense. But Jesus, your savior, in the power sense. We're joint heirs with the anointing that was in him so that we do the same thing that he did. He wants us to see that part of it. But we're not join heirs with the deity part of it. So when I pray to the Father, I'm praying in the name of Jesus. And I'm praying to the Father the way that Jesus did, not in His name, but in who He was. He prayed to the Father. All of His prayers were to the Father. He said, in this day, now you're not praying to me. You're going to pray to the Father the same way I prayed to the Father. But you're going to do it in my name. Now, i got a whole night where we're going to talk about how to pray to the Father and connect with Daddy through Jesus Christ. Because you're in my Heavenly Father. He wants us... You, 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 when I was growing up, my, my, my dad was not Daddy. And he wasn't Father. He was dad. Because in my growing up years, there was no connection. I mean, I wanted to be around him, but there was not a connection like I have a connection with him today. He didn't know how to connect as a father. So he wasn't daddy. How many in here you, you call your dad daddy? Just lift your hands. Hi. You call your dad daddy. Okay? There's a connection there. If, if, we, if we had all you line up to call your dad daddy, you called him daddy because there was a connection. If you call him dad or father, it's more of a, you know, we don't, we don't want to get. But, but to connect with father, he's got to become daddy. And, and you do it through Jesus Christ. 
and in that intimacy with him, you find out what's yours and how much he loves you and how much he's done for you and how much he wants to do for us in the earth, in the manifested realm, how much he's already done, but how much he wants it done for you and I. And in that connection through prayer, that's where we receive it. Can you say amen? amen? Matthew 5, and I'll end with this. Again, I'm just giving you bits and pieces. It's good that you take notes. You can go back and listen to these messages. Take the scripture, write the scriptures down when you're listening to them. You go online to Gates of the City and, and download these. You write all the scriptures down and let God speak to you through these scriptures that I'm using. Matthew 5 and verse 43. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was for another time. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and what? Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Everybody say pray. Pray. So, I'm going to end with something tonight that's going to be seed for thought. And I wrote a couple of these things down. Some may even just read them out of my notes. Um, Jesus is the only example of a prayer everybody say prayer I'm just saying it like that so you get it of a person that prays he is the only example that you and I are to emulate I emulated many other people but everybody all of us I don't care who you are everybody's gonna have their own little take on a specific thing and that doesn't mean that it's right The things that I'm telling you tonight, that I'm giving you, you need to write these things down. You need to dig them out for yourself because you will never fulfill the things in life that you want to fulfill if you're not connected to the one that's got all the stuff. He's got all the answers. He's got everything. And Jesus is the perfect example of a prayer, of a person that prays. The perfect example. You know, you, you might say, well, you know, I, there's this lady that used to pray in my church, and she was all the, yeah, and, that, and that's great. But she's not Jesus. And he is the example, and I can't tell you how much there is in Scripture. You're going to see a lot of it over the next few weeks that we talk about it. But this is the first time that Jesus mentioned prayer. Right here, the first time. Not the second time, or he didn't talk about it a bunch before this time. The, the Lord's Prayer where he gave the example was after this time, chronologically. So this is the first time that he mentions prayer. And what is he saying that prayer is? He's saying that prayer is a connection to love. Prayer is a connection to God who is love. There's no way, I wrote wrote this down like this, I want you to think about this. 
God is love, and love never fails. God is love, and it never fails. He never fails. You being connected to love and responding in the form of love when you're going through a difficult time, when someone does something ugly to you. If Dale says, I hate you, I say, I love you. What's the comeback? There's no comeback. Now, does that work? Yeah, if you practice it. See, because if Dale's told me he hates me, and that's the first time he's ever said that, or the fifth time he said it, or the tenth time that he said it, if I don't practice the opposite, if I don't practice it, meaning i got to get the thoughts and the ideas out of my head that I want to strangle him, I want to kick him, I want to break his leg, I want to do all the things that my head tried to tell me to do because of what he said. Well, he said that. No, but love never fails. See, love is always kind. It never takes into account a wrong suffered. It never says the wrong thing. It never considers itself when it responds. Love does it. And love never fails. The first time Jesus talks about prayer, and he says the key to prayer is your connection to love. He said, pray for those who despitefully use you. And this is, what I, this is what I said. People, and, and I really believe this. People, how did I, I was going to read it and then I thought I knew what I was going to say and make sure I read it like I wrote it. People and their responses can't keep you from loving them. People and their responses to you, or their their actions toward you, cannot keep you from loving them. It's you choosing to do something that is not connected to love in a response to an ungodly action. Did you hear what I said? When you choose to respond in an ungodly way to something that was wrong or it didn't seem right because of the things that he just mentioned right here, then you choose to walk outside of what God has already prepared. He's prepared that you won't fail, and no matter what someone says to you or does to you in any way, shape, or form, they cannot cause you to go down and fail if you stay connected to love. And love is the key to prayer. It's the key to prayer that produces results. We read the verse last week in James 5 that we just came out of, but it was another verse. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. The effectual effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person who's connected to the love of God, it accomplishes much because it never fails. See, the deal is you just can't ever stop you have to do love and then do love and then do love and do more love and more love but you have the power to do love when you're connected to love but if you're not connected to love then you're going to do what your head says and your head's going to your head's envisioning your hands around their neck and that's where they'll go well i didn't mean to <laughs> I didn't mean to break the guy's leg. I just, I don't know what happened. 
you weren't connected to love. I mean, you, me, I don't care who, who we're talking about, connection to love will cause you to do the right thing every single time. And I'm going to say it one more time and then I'm done. People cannot keep you from loving them. It's your choice, no matter what they do. And I don't know about you, man, I thought I said I was, this, that was going to be it. I had a checklist for so many years. Yeah, but. I had a checklist. Yeah, but pastor. <laughs> you know, that'll work for some situation, but not this one. So that means that the blood of Jesus was not enough. Oh, yeah, it was enough. The deal is, you're so focused on that thing, you can't get yourself out of it. And you're so focused on, on what love, you're, so, you're, you're not focused on what love has accomplished. And the more you get over onto love, all that stuff will stop. Can you say amen? 